Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up? I'm Poppy Judah, and welcome to The Power In Us, a podcast where I use the songs of my debut album to propel into conversations around feminism, social change, mental health, empowerment, and so much more. So stay tuned for big chats with inspiring people. This song is called Holiday From Reality and I'll be talking with Maverick Sabre. Hey Maverick, how are you? I'm very well, thank you uh, very much for having us on. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good. So I wanted to have you on, um, on this song particularly. Um, mm-hmm. It's called Holiday From Reality. It's a song from the album that is about burnout and it's, it's like the balance I think that a lot of artists have, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, of the burnout that comes from just really wanting to get it right mm-hmm. and pushing yourself so far because you're just obsessed with your creativity and, and this like vessel that you have to get out. But then at the same time, doing that can just make you feel like depleted of all mm-hmm. energy. And, and I wrote this song, particularly I was in LA and I was on a writing trip and I'd been doing a session every day for two mm-hmm. weeks and I had nothing else to write about. I was, yeah, I was exhausted, like a session every day, new person, yeah. new song. And then I think my manager double booked something and I would like, yeah. I was about to have like lunch with someone and I was like chilling. And then like, I got a text being like, hey, like, where are you? And it finished that salad, right? as a hit. Yeah. We need a banger, top tens only. It's like, okay, lovely. Like, okay. And it was like some producers that I really wanted to work with. Oh, shit. And so I was like, I felt really unprepared and I had nothing to say and I was really pissed off at my manager yeah. as well and so I arrived and I guess that's what I wrote the song about yeah. just feeling like oh I'm in London I'm in LA I mean I just come back from New York as well doing shows and I just want to get this right yeah. but I don't know how and I feel like you're an artist that has always done things your own way and has a strong sense of self in your music but also in your journey mm-hmm. of like how you've created and that's kind of why I wanted to have you on for this song particularly mm-hmm. Um, and I felt really inspired when I saw your interviews about remaking your album. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that journey been like? Yeah, the journey's been, and it's interesting, you kind of touched on a lot of, of points there that I think all artists go through generally. And I think the idea of wanting to make sure everything's perfect mm. is what makes us artists 
is what makes the art that we create because we're perfectionists mm. or whatever perfection is in our eyes to create and then put out the art that we do. But it also can be a really like, it can stifle us a lot, you know. Now the extreme end of that is us, you know, 90% of, I would say, uh, myself and musicians around me, pretty much every musician I know, 90% of the music's on their laptop. Mm. About 10% of the world ever here, you know? Right now my laptop screen is so broken and you just gave me so much anxiety. <laughs> oh, why? Because you're like, I've got so many albums on here. <laughs> All these songs from like 96 are popping out. And it's just like a click away of just being gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, I loved what you said about whatever our idea of perfection is. Yeah. Because it's so true, like there isn't a perfection. There, is, there isn't a perfection. It's like mixing and mastering. Yeah, mixing specifically has always been the bane of my Why? Know, creation because I, I find it. It's like that's the last stage mm. where I, f I have to I have to close off. Mm. It's like the creation and throwing paint at the wall and the making of the songs was always easy. That's for me. the easy bit. Yeah, yeah. And that's it's, the it's, fun. It's easy. signing things off and going oh yeah, and then I get into my head, which I'm as and kind of going back into like redoing Lonely Out of Brave and trying to change certain processes mm. in my mind. That was one of the processes that I had to try and work on changing because it was stifling me. I'd get to the mixing process and go, oh, but if, you know, if the, if that, that, them BV sections that come in before the chorus don't hit right and they haven't been for mm. EQ'd properly, then the, the listener is not going to get the emotion of the song and it's not going to connect and it's going to be my fault and then that's why it hasn't connected properly yeah. and that's why it wasn't successful or all this rubbish yeah. in the background when really the majority of people listen to a tune, they either like it or they don't. Yeah. They're not going, oh, but you know what? I was and really they'll connect to the intention. They connect to the intention. How many songs have we but heard? I, I love that you think that like that yeah. because I think that it's so special to care about things deeply yeah. and to care about what you do deeply. Like, it's amazing. I feel like for your fans or, or people that love your music, hear, to hear you say that, it shows how much you care about what they hear and yeah. how they hear it. Yeah, but there's just a balance for me. No, no 100%. Yeah. <laughs> you do <laughs> like, have to let go. So I'm bringing all the fans into the mixing room like, all right, what would you turn up? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> then the album never gets released. Yeah, yeah. So, too many cooks. So Can't yeah, cooks. so there's, there's that. Um, so then that was part of the process of kind of going back in on Lonely Out of Brave. And mm. the reason I went back in on Lonely Out of Brave is because I've been independent since 2016. Mm. Lonely Out of Brave was the kind of kickstart of my career. Um, it's an album that kind of took the first 20, 21 years of my life to write. Um, mm. And I didn't own it. And after releasing two albums and like, you know, five, six years of, of independent music and, and and feeling really comfortable as an independent artist mm. in the business and the creation side of it. I kind of wanted to go back. It was the 10 year anniversary of the first mm. album. I wanted to go back and start, one, bring up the story, because mm. I think I was hearing and seeing not just old stories from like, you know, Snoop not making anything on publishing for his first mm. four albums. I mean, there's so many stories. TLC making $10 million uh, off their first album, but mm. making nothing, like a penny between themselves. Like that, They're just like, drops in the sea of the stories of artists, I'm sure between us. But artists and, and just even in the creative industry, I watched the Pamela Anderson documentary and like there's so much that she was just taken advantage of because she didn't have any idea about business. Yeah. And like she was probably a Kardashian of that era. Yeah, yeah. But look at the difference in how much ownership they have to how much right. she has and she doesn't really own anything and I think she lives at her mum's house. Like it's, it's crazy. And think about how many people around her would have made that money. 
Exactly. And be millionaires. So many people made money off of her career. Do you know what I mean? And so that's not even just in music. I just think mm. the like creative industry in general, especially like, I feel like artists nowadays have a lot more control over how they do things or have a lot more awareness yeah. about not wanting to sign something that is like a bad deal. Yeah. Or, I, I mean, I've never been on the side of a major label, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, I've had an A&R for the first time this year and even that was crazy for me. Um, it was like, I, I really like my A&R, but- um, Disclaimer. <laughs> no, no. Disclaimer. <laughs> Disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. We have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> Sometimes I see him on the Zoom and I'm like, you again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we've just Don't been... judge me on my music, will you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I think that transition to having mm. more voices in a room mm. was quite hard for me. Yeah. I'm used to being like, the final say on everything. Yeah. And in that sense, I guess like, I feel like I'm the boss. Mm. So no one can tell me anything. Yeah. I guess that's like an energy you kind of have to put forward, especially as a woman in yeah. this industry anyway. And I remember the first time I was in a space which was more of like a kind of industry. I mean, I, I've always been independent, but I have I have had more of a structure with the, um, with the power in us. Um, and I was in a room with loads of white men and yeah. I was like, I feel very overwhelmed right mm. now. I feel, I, I remember feeling slightly triggered by the situation because I was like, oh wow, like all of a sudden, everything isn't all up to me. And it is, but it like, there's but more felt, voices and there's more opinions. Like, yeah, I felt like there was a pressure of the opinions yeah. in the room. And it scares me, mm. the idea of that major label system, which is kind of, you know, 10 times the velocity. Yeah, for me, it's always about, not everyone's gonna get your music, right? And not every, you know, you know this as well. It's like being independent, you build a team of believers around you. Mm. I'm only here to walk with dreamers and believers. Mm. If you're not a dreamer and believer, then get away from me. But also you can't, like I, this industry is so crazy. It's like, I call it the wild, wild west. Yeah, yeah, because there yeah. are no regulations, no rules. Nah, like, nah, it's nah. just mad. Everyone's a chance. Or... <laughs> you know what I mean? Everyone's like, like the hustlers win. Like, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, like, that's yeah, it. Yeah, all yeah, the, all yeah. the rich people, do you know what I mean? Yeah. All the nepotism. It's like, yeah, the hustle. yeah. it's like hustlers and nepotism. Yeah, how'd you get this job? And my dad was, oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> Basically no, that, that or it's a rags to riches story. Yeah, um, yeah. And so you need people that really want to fight for you and really yeah. care about your art because a lot of artists that are coming up through that world, they are hustlers yeah. and they need people to fight for them. Yeah. So if someone doesn't really fuck with your music and they're just there because it's their job, like, no. No, nah, and, and you know, it's like, I can't be in every room. You as the artist can't be in every room at every single mm. meeting. So whoever goes in there to represent us, I need to know that you fight my corner even more than I do. And, I, and that you trust them. And that you, yeah, and I trust them mm. to do that. And that I trust, and my main thing is I trust people not to just, just, just accept no. Like, don't just accept no, because we don't. We didn't get this far by just going, mm. oh, do you know what? Poppy, yeah, music's a bit of a tough industry to get to. Oh, yeah, no, nah, I forget about it. Yeah. Nah, we, at the first ball, went, nah, do you know what? I believe in myself, so mm. I need people beyond that to go, if someone goes, nah, I'm not going to book him for that, but nah, da, 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 sell me. Yeah, you get exactly. what I mean? Don't just accept the first no. I need you to ride for me. A hundred percent. As completely as you can. I had that conversation the other day with someone where I was like, and I, and I don't know if I always had this much conviction, but I was like, I've been hearing no all my life. I, I can do this with or without you. I, mm. I, I will get to where I want to get to, regardless of whoever is around me, because I know where I'm going. Right, right. And maybe it's taken me years to realize that, but I always knew that's what I wanted to do. 
when I was 13 yeah. and like learning to play the guitar or yeah. writing my first songs. Yeah. Nothing's changed. What else am I gonna do? Yeah, I was yeah. sick. I was sick of you. We've got nothing else. But <laughs> well, I had a chest infection and my voice went, and I was like, uh, yeah. if this doesn't come back, what am I gonna do? Yeah, you better get good on that guitar. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, but it is. It, yeah, it is, and it and it is that. And I think like going back into artists getting taken advantage of, and not just in the music space. Sadly, a lot of us are wired in a way that we weren't necessarily business savvy. I'm not saying all of us, I'm not saying every hour. I think you have to learn to be. We had to learn to who, be. Who's going to teach you? Like, yeah. who, who teaches you to be, like, it's just like who teaches you to do your taxes? No, like, no you don't one. learn no, that at school. No, no, no. If anything, they look, the school is set up in a way to teach you to be- um, Compliant. A, compliant and employed yeah. and to work for someone and do someone else's accounts and not yeah. necessarily be self-sufficient or self-employed. I remember watching when we, went back and looked at kind of old um, um, footage from when I first signed. There was an interview with me and it was very telling. Because yeah, mm. the guy asked me like, um, I think it was a Maru Don who, um, who does great interviews. And he asked me a question about like, do you ever think about recouping? Now I'd just signed. Mm. So I'd gone from the dole to being on the dole to having, you know, an okay amount, like mm. the most I'd ever seen in my bank yeah, account. Yeah. Yeah? And so I'm on top of the world. I've been paid to make music. Yeah. So for me, once at that, like, I was, like selling, yeah, I was selling CDs out of my bag. Mm. You know what I mean? So once someone's giving me money to make music, I'm like, I'm like ah, mom, I made it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, and he asked me, do you ever think about recouping? And my answer then, I was what, 19, 20. Mm. My answer then was, oh yeah, you know, the finances, that's not my area. Ask a lawyer or ask an accountant about and that. That's like, I don't care. My main thing is people connect with my music. One side of that's very beautiful. No, it's beautiful. The other side of it is like- But you're, someone's you're, rubbing their hands Someone's together. like, yeah, go on, Mav. Oh, it's just about the fans. Don't worry about this. We'll look yeah. after the accounts. Mm. And then that just, that highlighted in me, I was like, oh man. And that still happens now. Yeah, all the like, time. There's still young but artists that are signing it, it, crazy deals and getting ripped off. But that, like, that is how like exploitation works. Mm. If you haven't ever seen that much money, even if it's not a lot of money, like you'll take 20 grand, which in the scheme of things and in the scheme of the music industry is nothing, mm. and sell all your music. And do you know, like some people will do that yeah. because they've never seen that much and actually yeah. That, that might change their life, to, maybe not inflation now, but it, <laughs> that might change their life yeah. or their, their, their surroundings their current, at yeah. that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you sign something that's a five year deal mm. and it's like however many albums or, and that's your whole career and yeah. then you get shelved. I think like, yeah, it's a scary, it's a scary industry. Yeah. How was um, that first album cycle? Cause I, I watched last night, I was watching some of your music videos and you look like such a baby. <laughs> you, like, oh, you just look so like, Young and I don't know. I was. It, how old were you on that um, I Need video? Uh, 20. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you looked about 15. Yeah, you yeah, looked a baby. Yeah, yeah. It was just all really fresh for me. Yeah. You know? I, I'd, I'd moved back to London when I was 17. I was kind of on the open mic circuit um, for a couple of years and just kind of doing the independent thing for a while. And then when I signed, everything seemed to, even though they'd been, I'd been performing and writing and putting out music since I was 15. Mm. When I signed, things started to, mm. it was when we did the Let Me Go video and we went to Vegas and I remember people ringing me at home like, oh, lad, you made it, but whatever. Like, but, yeah. And then everything, you know, sped up and it was just kind of a bit of a whirlwind, to be honest, mm. at the time, you know what I mean? I think I was a bit like, 
I was a bit reckless and there was a lot of booze and going out and, you know. Having fun. Yeah, but I, I remember it very fondly because, yeah, I love that record and, and uh, I hadn't been, I hadn't been kind of like dismayed by or disillusioned by anything yet. Mm, you know I think what that's mean? also the thing that happens. I was very it. fresh mm. and I was very like still excited about everything. And it was, yeah, it was an exciting time. You know? So when you were in that album cycle, mm. did you ever experience burnout or were you just in the whirlwind of things? That, that I was in a whirlwind of things and that album was that album kind of fell out of me to be honest and I was still in the process that I hadn't got into the stage of overthinking one I didn't mm. even count myself as a singer I heard that in an interview with you and I was like that's so crazy because I was I, I came from a background where like hip-hop was my main main influence mm. I used to just make hip-hop beats then I I started rapping I was always singing and playing guitar anyway but I never really counted myself as a singer because mm. My dad was a musician growing up and stuff like that. And there was always like blues and Irish trad and stuff in the house. <clears throat> but yeah, I didn't really start singing until that album process, like as in... Because someone else myself. suggested you should sing or... No, nah, I was it. always singing, but mm. I never counted myself as like a tone that like, yeah, I'm a singer. I didn't, mm. I didn't, I felt like an imposter calling myself a singer. I always used to think like... Crazy now. Yeah, yeah, but I've grown into a voice yeah. and I've like I've fine tuned it. But at that point, I was writing everything as a rapper, and then just putting melodies into it. So I never really wanted to be like, nah, don't put me up with other singers. Mm. Um, and it was in that al album process that I kind of found my voice a bit. But the songs, I I wasn't in the stage of like the kind of other end of the spectrum where I was now I'm listening to mixes and thinking, will people care if the hi hats torn down? Yeah. At that point, it was like, does it sound good? Move on. But I think also when you have that infrastructure of people around you, it's almost like uh, dissolving of responsibility to some extent because it's not all on you. Mm. Whereas I think when you're an independent artist and everyone you work with kind of answers to you to some extent, yeah, you have to, then you have to you feel a lot more responsible yeah. for how things come out yeah. and how you do them yeah. and who you work with. And I feel like when your team's put together for you, mm. And also when you're younger and, and you're just kind of still learning as you go, maybe it's easier to just kind of put music out and... Definitely, yeah. And you feel like they've got your back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's probably, in that stage, there was probably a conf an extra confidence in me mm. because I was like, self-believed, self-believed, then got signed. I was like, yeah, fuck it. Mm. And then um, a lot of the songs were kind of half-written anyway. So it was a, it was an easier process. It was, when, it was when the album came out and then stuff goes a bit mad that that's when the potential burnouts happen when you became independent mm -hmm. did you feel like you were starting again or was it just an extension was there a point where it was like relearning things or did you kind of just naturally flow into yeah it kind of there was a point that it naturally flowed into it but it was the second album process was pretty tough for me because stuff wasn't connecting my team had changed mm. like, i'd had problems with my first manager who was on the road, like was on the kind of journey with me mm. from near and off the beginning, and and then, you, and then mm. that he he you know did a couple of questionable things, and that kind of fell apart. And then at the same time, the label had changed, and then at the same time, personal stuff was going on. So there was a lot going on at the one mm. time. I was drinking heavy. I was just not in a very clear mindset. Yeah. Um, Sounds and, like you were in transition. Yeah, definitely. But I was also trying to make a second album mm. that like competed with my first album came out, went so really well, went number two. And it was like, there was, I felt a lot of expectation. Mm. Um, I think artists do, don't they? I was having that actual conversation yesterday 
about like can a second album ever be as good as the first because that's the, the one that you fell in love with the artist yeah, from yeah, and yeah. I think that like to some extent I'm currently writing my second album yeah. you just have to make something different because if yeah. you try and do the same thing again Don't, it'll yeah. never live up nah and you'll always it. you'll always be walking within the boundaries of the first record mm. why your first album is unique is because it was its first mm. piece it's like it's like going back over old diary entries and trying to rewrite a memory from 10 years ago and like mm. Oh yeah, let me get back into that. It's like I, I don't feel like that's a healthy, and I think there was elements for me with that. Mm. Um, there's elements of the second album that I really love, but there was definitely certain boundaries within my creating that mm. I, I kind of had that shadow in the background of like, yeah, it's got to be this. And, and I think when I went independent, we dropped it at the end of 2015. I left everything at the start of 2016. It wasn't the easiest transition because mm. <clears throat> at that point, excuse me. I didn't, I kind of fallen out of love with my own voice. I didn't really want to make music for myself anymore. You wanted to write for other <clears> people? I wanted to start writing for other mm, people and get, get, get my head out of my own music. And then it took a year or two of writing for other people to then refine the love to... of my own stuff. It's cool that you allowed yourself that space. Like I know Leanne Lahavis kind of had that, she took a break. Mm. Lots of artists take a break yeah. and then come back to it. Yeah. And it's cool to allow yourself that space to re-fall in love with the thing that you love to do. Yeah, I've, I've seen, yeah, Because what would happen if you forced it? Do you know what I mean? Well, what would, would that it, mean that you would never do it again, actually, you could, ultimately? You could end up burning yourself out more. I could have gone into the process where I was like, yeah, I need to, you know, release a record in the next six months. And then I would have basically done something similar to myself again. And I could have ended up completely falling out of love. But it's easy to get caught up in other people's expectation of you rather than what you, in your core, want to do yeah and then i'm always mad bullheaded so if someone says to me something i'm gonna go against it and i remember <laughs> the last the last if someone says to me something i'm gonna go against no, it. no yeah yeah yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> unless i believe your intentions are pure if i believe there's ever any slight ill intention or you're just you're giving me something for another reason i'm gonna go against it and i remember coming out of the last meeting i had in this fella that i'd never met before and he goes do you know what mav he's like sometimes music just doesn't work out for everyone and he goes, I used to be a musician. And I stopped oh him. I was, like, I was like, look, lad. Let me stop you there. Yeah, I was like, that's fine for you. I was like, it's got nothing to do with me and my music. Don't like, project yeah. your trauma onto me. Thank <laughs> you, Like, you know, we all, I tried to play the triangle when I was a kid. It didn't work <laughs> out. My mum said I was great, but... You but know? also, those are the worst type <laughs> of people to, that tell you what they couldn't do. No, because that shit can burn as well, especially when you're vulnerable and you've got people around like, oh, well, maybe you should think about... that. And then, so for me, luckily, I, I was blessed enough to have certain people in my life that were present, had been present for years, that ended up... I'm really upset by what that person said. I'm what? still thinking about it. Yeah, no, 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 do you know what? That is a wild thing it's to say. It's a wild thing to say. To an artist. That you've never met before. That is crazy. I get upset before. if someone, I, I had someone who I hadn't met in person, we'd spoken on email, and they decided to like have an opinion on my song. And I was like, who is this girl who, like, we don't know each other like that. And all she had was an opinion on one of the songs that she didn't like yeah. on the second album. Yeah, and I just, look, don't get me wrong. Look, every, every, everyone's got their own approach on, on criticism, yeah, or whatever they would call that. But I think just for, in general, for people who don't make music, when you're speaking to people mm. who create, what, even if you think the art they create is horrendous, mm. be sensitive with how you approach stuff. Because compassion. Have some compassion in because, life. Because you know? we've all been wrong. Mm. 
you know we've all i've definitely listened to artists before and i've maybe listened to their first project or their first song and been like not really feeling that and then an album or two in i'm like oh they really grew into something great yeah. or like yeah also, language I mean, is language is very key when we speak speak to people in, in general just in general like, that's the theme of this podcast compassion yeah. is really great yeah. everybody should try it yeah yeah, yeah. but i think especially in terms of musicians and artists and i and i really feel like i've grown into this idea of seeing something and i don't have to like it for me to recognize that that's a, a good artist or that's a great artist yeah. they're good at what they do i just don't like it and that's my opinion yeah. and i don't have to say oh that person's shit because i don't like it yeah. or i see a performance and it's maybe not that artist's best performance mm -hmm. maybe they had a throat thing all week you know maybe yeah. they're like exhausted and and like every moment and i think that comes from my experience of when I've not always been at my best. Mm -hmm. So how can I judge someone else for the moment that I'm receiving them with no understanding of what got them to that point? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. It, no. It's not fair. No, no. And it's like... Allow people grace. Allow people grace because if you don't allow people grace, that means deep down there's an element of you not allowing mm -hmm. yourself grace. Mm -hmm. And I think like with social media and like the X Factor... Or, kind of society we live in at the moment. Yeah, it, nah, it's because it's like, it, I feel like it's all connected. Everyone's a, a, a critic. Mm. And it's like, even sometimes when I read, I always read reviews, especially of like other people's albums and shit like that. And just like, hear the language that like, people use, like journalists use. I'm like, oh, you didn't need to be that harsh. Mm. Like you realize that people go out of their way and read their own reviews and that can be crushing to people. Mm. I'm like, just the language. I just find that people, it's almost like in the, in the sense of, like social media, for example, like people need to, even if their opinion's not as strong as it is, they need to say the most cutting thing or like the... the, the they want to be heard. They want to be heard. And I mm -hmm. feel like sometimes when people speak about music, they want to have like a loud opinion on it without having the compassion of going, someone spent a lot of time with that. Mm -hmm. And whether you like it or not, just, you can say it, you can say it another way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like have some love in your heart for a minute because... And I think yeah. we all have biases that we carry and I even try and recognize them in myself mm -hmm. like when I'm judging an artist in my mind if I'm looking on Instagram at their work sometimes I think like a female artist who's incredible and then maybe I'm looking at something and I'm thinking that it's not that good or, or something and then I have to check myself and I realize am I just saying this because this is like a woman have I got internalized sexism mm, okay. or internalized misogyny that I'm projecting into this person who probably works really hard? And then you've, because of that, potentially. Who's had to learn dance routines, yeah. who's on a stage in front of thousands yeah. of people. How can I have that opinion about, would I have that same opinion about a male mm. artist? Like, I think we, we can all carry biases all the time. We internalize society is attacking us. And sometimes they're so subconscious and they're at such a like, mm. kind of like uh, a kind of hidden level. Yeah, we they, have to they, reflect. They like, I'm a, I'm a huge feminist. Like, yeah. I, all I do is like advocate for empowering mm. women. But I still find myself judging myself and other people. Because really, I'm judging myself when I'm judging Come someone around. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on a standard that it doesn't doesn't exist mm. or only exists because we've internalized you've internalized something that society's projected mm. onto you i think that's always good to like as long as we don't get too harsh on ourselves in a damning way but self-criticism or self-critique or like knowing like all right let me get to the bottom of every element of where my mind thinks mm. and how it works to know that these thoughts are my own because we can bring up like you said mm. you know, we can bring society's 
you know, norms or standards in. And, in, know, yeah. You know, and we're trying to, sometimes we're trying to fight against the bastards, you know what I mean? And talking of criticism, do you think it's good to take in other people's criticism or do you think, or like industry ideas of, of what's good or what's trending or any of those things? Or do you think that it's you actually have to block everything out? Like, what's the balance there? Because I think sometimes when you're in the cycle of making music or you're in the cycle of doing culturally relevant things, or you're doing photo shoots and you're yeah. doing anything to do with fashion or anything like that, magazines, it's easy to be influenced by what other artists are doing. Yeah. And do you think great music is made when you cut yourself off from that? Or, or you take influences take, and take other people's opinion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a, a, that's a, it's, it's a difficult one because it's, it's multi-layered. It's like, all right, if you were to take, you know, a Bowie or a Prince, mm. for example, yeah, who were completely unique, mm. who felt like the masters of their own ideas and craft in many different various ways, their music for me felt like they shot off from the world, mm. but obviously each of them had influences mm. of what they were inspired by. Um, now did, you know, and they're always kind of like championed, mm. even by an industry that doesn't really champion the idea because they don't champion that. In reality, they represent yeah. The reality of what yeah. the new, you know. If it was happening right now. They'd be like, oh yeah, no, that's a bit experimental. I don't think we should be doing that. They'd be like, it's not trending. If it's and not a TikTok dance and, you know, it doesn't have a certain type of beat in the background, <laughs> mate. I think we should speed it up 6 BPM and put an 808 in the background. It's like, so, but if we were to look at kind of grey out over the time, I think there has to be an element of shutting the world off. Mm. Like, that just has to be. Do you think that kind of art... I'm not saying for everyone it has to be that. No, no, totally. But do you think that kind of art can exist? I, I agree with you in terms of those artists are pioneers for their time. Yeah. And there are lots of artists like them of that era yeah. who are pioneers for them of their time because they're so unique. Yeah. Do you think those artists, because I was actually having a conversation with another artist who makes like very folk type music. Yeah. And um, mm -hmm. we were having this conversation about um, like I think it was Jimi Hendrix and we were like yeah. if Jimi Hendrix existed now yeah. like he would have a Levi Levi's sponsorship yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'd be like all of we were like oh, yeah, nah, nah, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean yeah, like yeah. Would, can can an artist that make that kind of unique music exist today do you know what I mean because yeah, but, of the way culture and society is alright yeah, yes but I think when you're saying like what brands and stuff we're very brand centric now so yeah. I think you can definitely but then you've also got like the corporate side of how that would be represented mm. now. I think, you know, would that then affect the art? I don't know. You look at someone like, I don't know. You'd, I suppose you'd have to go in on an individual case basis. You look at someone like a Steve Lacey. Yeah? Mm. Now, I don't feel, from my knowledge of his art, I don't feel like, you know, his art necessarily has been affected by his success. Because the more successful he's got, the more I've seen him on catwalks or mm. this company's got him in this photo shoot, yeah. in this advert or whatever. Now, has that affected the music? And I guess also, maybe, maybe not. back in the day, that. people still did stuff like that. You just didn't know about you just it. Didn't know like about Amy it Winehouse did private shows for Fendi and mm. like everybody well, worked with brands. 100%. You just, it wasn't publicized in the same way. No. Now, did it affect their art? Mm. So did an Amy get a Fendi show and then after the Fendi show go, 
I need more of these. I need to change the kind of songs I'm making to get that. Mm. I don't know. Even going back to like Bowie and Prince. Does anyone think that though? I guess maybe some people do. Some people do. Some people go and their whole strategy is what's popular now, Mm. sadly. Now that's not necessarily the way I think. That is crazily stressful. I don't know how I could do that. But certain people's campaign is based Mm. around that. And certain people... Certain people... But that's what I was talking about as well. I think sometimes that idea of like chasing what's successful that yeah. comes from outside voices definitely yeah. and then that artist feels like they have to i don't know i think especially having more of an infrastructure around me in the last few years i've never had outside voices mm-hmm. i've never had anyone telling me what my music should sound like mm-hmm. or what i should write about and probably if i did i wouldn't have written such a political album yeah. because people might have been like oh that song doesn't fit or you know, when... You've gone a bit too far on that line. Yeah, like abortion <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what? what? Yeah, oh, I really respect it, but yeah, just not for this album. Like, save that for an interlude. You know what I mean? Like, one. no one wants to play abortion rights on the radio. Yeah, well, actually, they fucking do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then how does that feel from writing such a political album? Um, or the strong message has been in, 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 in the album to now having a team around you. Do you do, do, has there been any effect in what you've created? Like... In your subconscious, or not even in their subconscious, but now you stepping into writing music, knowing that there's not people who sign it off because you're still the signer, yeah. you know, you're still the final say, but. I'll fight to the death with my Anna. Yeah, so there hasn't, there's, you know. Um, well, I mean, no one has an opinion on what I write about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually funny, it's actually ironic and funny because I started writing my second album before my first album was out. And what I was going through at that time was very different. My second album is a lot more about relationships and mm-hmm. self-exploration through that. And it's a lot of love songs, mm-hmm. which I never really wanted to write before because maybe I was really comfortable in the situation I was in and the world mm-hmm. felt like chaos around me. Yeah, yeah. So I was writing about that. Um, but I recently came back from a trip and I wrote a song that's like like queer, like liberation song, but it, it's very like, it's quite commercial and cheesy. Mm-hmm. And um, probably the most cheesy song I've written, but like still subversive, still yeah. like gay rights, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was so funny because I was in an A&R meeting where like I was arguing with my A&R because he was saying like, the lyrics are just too cheesy. It was like, he was like, it needs to be more oh, what, he political. Was the, the, I was like, it's a gay love song. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, but you can't even tell. I'm like, I'm a girl singing about a girl. Like what the hell? Like we were just arguing about yeah. it. It was so funny, but it's actually the opposite. It was opposite. the opposite way around. He was like, so, you know, these are a bit too cheesy. You know? these, are, these are too commercial, yeah, yeah. like, which, That's is, interesting. which is funny. And I think maybe it's more to do with like, people want you to continue what they know you for. And I think I'm an artist has, who has always changed. Mm. Like every project I've released has yeah. been quite different from the last yeah. and every single, and, I, and I, I love so much different music. I don't think my music will ever sound the same. Mm. And disclaimer, my album two is like very different from album yeah. one. Yeah. And I think it's important as you grow and change as a person, you allow your influences to change. And like, I feel like I'm a very affected by my surroundings mm. and the people I'm around. And that's part of my growth that I have to, like I, I grow through where I take myself and, and who I'm around. And I'm like, I'm very aware of the effect that people can have on me. Mm. Um, and that naturally comes into my music. Mm. Um, but I don't know, like I, I've definitely never had anyone tell me, but it's interesting because I think from myself, the music has changed. But that's quite interesting that you naturally came out with that song. 
mm. you naturally came out with love. Somehow. I want to write a fun because that was something else I wanted to talk to you about. Was that like, yeah, like I I want to write deep and meaningful music because I want to change the world just through conversation and and like communication and um, highlighting issues that I care about and compassion. But I also I think maybe a lot of these songs came out of wanting to feel good, wanting to actually a lot of the music that I listened to. And I, it's funny because I think I had a, and this is also what I mean about change is I think I had an idea of like music that is just like fun, doesn't do anything for the world and isn't changing anything. But as someone who has experienced a lot of burnout in the last year, actually maybe I just want to feel good sometimes. Maybe I just want to dance. Maybe I just, maybe that's part of being able to change the world is also being able to rest and escape through music. Yeah, and sometimes that is the Trojan horse. It's like, it doesn't necessarily need to be dates and 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 specific political messages and, and like in-depth information all the fucking time mm. with, with, with what we do. Because I've always found that of like trying to balance that because the mm. music that inspired me growing up was always heavily revolutionary mm. heavily political and music revolutionized me but if i listen back to all the people that revolutionized me they also had love songs mm. they also had movement songs they also had moments that i could vibe to and be free because sometimes the freedom does come within being connected to something else mm. because the messages and the politics are of this world if you want to go on a spiritual level yeah? mm -hmm. they are of this world and sometimes movement is key to connecting us all in something else mm -hmm. another realm and sometimes we need that 100%. and we need to be aware that this is the reality we live in and we need to you know through discussion or through political music or through our messages um and our connection with people we need to address and be aware of the change that we can affect but sometimes to connect to something deeper within us we mm -hmm. need to put that on pause for a second because there's only so much news we can take in 100%. there's only so much of the outside world we can yeah. take in I sometimes really agree. you need to be close in a different way that's why people's music like i don't know bob marley had such an effect on the world mm. you know or the john lennon's of the world or whoever it may be and so, I, I guess that's also the balance between making music for the world or for people or for like community and also making music for the like sanity of yourself mm -hmm. and you you do have to always consider yourself as well because you can't create change or do anything useful if if you're not connected to yourself if you're not you know no. like spiritually aligned in, in some way or i think the hardest time in anybody's life is when they feel detached from themselves mm -hmm. you know when you just don't feel like yourself or you don't feel like you're in alignment with what your values are or mm. everyone gets different points in their lives and peaks and troughs where you feel a bit lost yeah. and maybe that's a, a great opportunity for change but maybe music that is for the soul in that sense is where you can get yourself back yeah and refine yourself and that's like you know sometimes for example like i'm a big lauren hill fan and it, you know as what i loved about lauren hill was she was the duality of what i always loved to mm. make. you know i knew that she had um such a a, a stance on politics and society but also her writing about internal conflict and mm. love was beautiful and sometimes we need to heal from whatever's going on internally before we can mm. look at even trying to heal anything outside of ourselves mm. um and i think both of them moments you know and, and potentially 
you know, when you like you have, you've come around to like writing a, a love. I'm not calling it a love album. <laughs> and up next, Poppy. Poppy's love album. <laughs> and my uh, on the candlelight. Um, <laughs> no, no. The album's not a love album. <laughs> it, do you know what I mean? Like um, you can leave a quote on my album. Yeah, like right, five right, stars, a love album. Right, right. Do one of them. Um, do one of them adverts, but I'll just be singing it. And on track <laughs> um, but that naturally came out because obviously something within you felt like that's what you needed to express, and I think mm. it's that duality of of we're all human as well. 100%. And it's like, sometimes the inside world... Look, I think it's also, as a woman, not being consumed by love is re- very important to me. I get you. And, it, and I think a lot of like... It's what society told you should always write about. Yeah, yeah. And, and so my choice to reject that is very conscious yeah. because I don't ever want to feel like my life is... My life revolves around my love interests mm. because I feel like there's so much more to a person than that and and sometimes it can feel like quite a distraction Mm. if you're i don't know but that i think that's also like maybe something that is like a personal conflict yeah but potentially come from a very real Mm. uh real conflict with an industry or, or or a society that potentially makes you feel like oh yeah you're a woman making music only write love songs Mm. that's what we want to hear so maybe that, you know. And I feel like my early experiences of the industry probably formed that idea mm. of like not wanting to fit into that box that people wanted me to fit into right. because I felt like I had more to say than that. Mm. And there was more to me than that. And maybe that's why this album, The Power in Us, came out the way that it did mm. because I wanted to establish that I have shit to say, okay? <laughs> you know, like yeah. this stuff comes first. Yeah. Love comes second. Yeah, but then interestingly enough, maybe you felt more free on the second record because the combating against an mm. idea of what an expectation of what you should be was the first project, and then this has allowed you to be more yeah open self expressive. Yeah, like, is music therapy for you? 100%. Is, it, is it always therapy for you? Yeah. What about when you're writing for other people? Sometimes that can be bloody, I need a therapy session after it. Yeah. <laughs> to, to be honest, if you're writing for other people, I feel like that could be a therapy session for them. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah. You forget, actually, like, I, um, for a while, I shadowed, um, when I got into um, writing, I shadowed a great writer called Ed Thomas. Mm. I remember coming home after the first couple of weeks and thinking, yeah, there's quite a lot of, it's an overload of information because mm. a lot Why of, does it stay with you? Yeah, uh, yeah, like, I, yeah, I feel like I'm a compassionate person. Mm. So, you know, especially even a lot of the conversations we're having now in between people's own personal traumas or experiences at that moment in time of their life beforehand, a lot of things that were coming up with ours, especially a lot of young ours, was their effect from the industry. Mm. Pressures, the not success, the success, the expectations, what music they're being told to make, what what way they should look and dress and... And that was the thing that was reoccurring a lot. And that's, I think, that in me even cemented more the journey that I've been on Mm. of what I want to do as an independent artist Mm. in general. Um, But music outside of that has always been a therapy for me, definitely. Do you have an idea for what's next? Is there something that you would like to do in the future? Yeah, I'd I'd like to create more interesting performances mm. yeah brings bring something more on my live shows i think because i think there's just something about performing songs 100%. and being in a room with people and singing it's a very intimate. spiritual mm. intimate 
it's kind of like the purpose for me of, of music is being in and realizing that, wow, we've all connected with the, I've written it in my room mm. and you've connected with, you know. Well, also, you never know who you're going to inspire. I don't know if I've mentioned that we did that other podcast when I saw you play at Lovebox. Did I mention that? I think you might have done, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like I, that was a very inspirational moment for me. Mm. I think I was 16 at Lovebox, not, hadn't released a song yet. And I remember seeing you perform. I feel like it must have been quite early in your career. Yeah, probably was. And like, I think, yeah, I think it was you with your, with your guitar. You might have been singing. Um, oh, well, that was really early. Yeah, like, I think it might have just been you and your guitar. Yeah. And, and being like, and I remember walking like past being like, who's that guy? And that stuck with me forever. And I feel like for me, knowing your journey as an artist and seeing it, you know, from the periphery of, of your career, like that's the beginning yeah, for yeah, me. And there, yeah. and there are certain artists I saw when I was just starting out, Estelle was one of them as well. I saw her yeah. at um, the Jazz yeah, Cafe, yeah. yeah. And she talked about her story and her journey. And it's always stayed with me. Mm. And it's always given me like energy to create and energy to be resilient. Mm -hmm. 100% that the art sometimes, as much as we feel like in control of the art we make, the reality of it is I feel like music and the songs and our voices and our message chooses us as a vessel to come mm. through, right? And if our purpose is to change one person's life that sparks 10 people, that sparks 100 people, then mm. we can never give up. Mm. Um, and you never know who you're gonna inspire. You never know who has been needing to hear that song or needing to hear you say something because mm. that's their experience or that's something that they've never heard from someone that looks or sounds or mm. feels like them mm. um, or just needs a voice, you know. I think music has always been there to make people who feel alone not alone. And, and I think, uh, yeah, we've got to kind of stay true to that. So the question that I always ask everyone last, mm. um, because, I, because I feel so strongly about our power to inspire others and empower others what is your unique power um that's interesting man. what is my unique power i don't know if it's i don't know if if this answers the question but i feel like a purpose of mine of me down here is supposed to be reminding people of their beauty mm. and whether that is the songs that i make to make sure that people don't feel alone or reminding other artists or people around me that they've got genius in them and they've got art that deserves to be shared or they've got something to say or they've they've got a career or whatever it may be that, that is a very important part as 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 time's gone on i feel like that is for me um something that has always uh, struck a chord with me and i think that is my objective here that is very beautiful and I hope that you continue to do that. Oh yeah, me. When for me with stuff like that, that is a driving force. And I think coming back and re-recording this album, mm. the first album, brought back the seventeen-year-old that was in my bedroom in Ireland, slapping the walls, thinking I'd made the best beat I've mm. ever, that anyone had ever heard in my life. It sparked something back in me again. That I'm like, no, nah, this is I'm I'm here for something else. Yeah, and mm. I think that's what will keep you sane for your whole. Life. Yeah, and keep us driven. Mm. Like you said, it's mm. like you know what drives you. You yeah. know what I mean? There's, there's not not everyone on their first album when I'm gonna make political songs mm. or reflect on society or have songs about you know abortion rights or the conversation. It's like that takes a strong character, that takes drive, that takes mm. belief in something beyond what we are and 
what we see around us. It's like some a purpose here. It's passion. Think, it's passion, mm -hmm. yeah, and passion with a purpose of like, yeah, you believe in it. And it's like once mm -hmm. we keep that alive in us, nothing can ever affect us. You know yeah, I mean? no TikTok trends. Nah, no TikTok well, trends. They make TikTok trends around the shit that you yeah, want to say. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to The Power In Us, a podcast based all around the topics of my debut album. If you love what you heard, please subscribe and tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Big love. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means? Do you want to take that a bit further, though? Because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz. And I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts.